0: Coming to you via the internet and your friends at PipesMagazine.com, it's the Pipes Magazine Radio Show. The show that is produced weekly, and it comes out once every week as well. Now I invite you to sit back, relax, the smoking lamp is lit. Here's your host, Brian Levine. Ooh. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Pipes Magazine radio show, yes, the sometimes irreverent, sometimes educational, but always entertaining weekly pipe smoking broadcast, and I'm your host, Brian Levine, reminding you, you must be of legal age wherever you are in order to listen to this fine show, so if you're not, turn it off, go ahead, click, thank you. All right, on this week's episode, we have uh, two masters of pipes for you. First in Pipe Parts, we have an uh, ASCII pipe maker with uh, Jeff Graysick, maker of J. Allen Pipes. And then finishing up the the experts is uh, the, the busiest man in the tobacco business right now, John David Cole of the Country Squire and Country Squire Radio. So we get to hear his answers to those seven questions. Uh, and you get to hear the two of us catching up a little bit and uh, chatting back and forth. Uh, And then we'll have music, mailbag, and the rant. All that coming up on this week's episode of the Pipes Magazine radio show. Uh, Now, as most of you are listening to this or downloading it, on Wednesday I am flying off to the West Coast for my sister's wedding, where I am, yes I am, the ordained minister, and will be performing the ceremony. So, should you wish in the future, if you want me to perform your uh, marriage or uh, whatever, uh, just let me know. Uh, If you see me in person, I guess I could bless your pipes, you know. Hey, I'm official now, so I got a badge and a card and everything to prove it. (laughs) There you go. Uh, Remember, it uh, it is springtime and here in the Northern Hemisphere, it's fall in the Southern Hemisphere make sure and get out and smoke your pipe in public and that's going to play into the rant coming up at the end of the show uh so we got a lot to get through so let's get going everybody sit back relax fire up a bowl thank you all for tuning in and here we go
1: this is phil morgan general manager of missouri Corn corncob pipes in washington missouri
0: We are back on the pipes magazine radio show, and it's always a happy episode. When I get to say joining us for ask the pipe maker is the pipe maker, Jeff Graysick. So Jeff, just, just getting to hear your voice makes me happy.
1: Oh, I feel the same way. Good. To, good to be back. Thanks so much for having me.
0: Uh, I'm feeling warm inside. Uh, <laughs> so here's your question. And uh, this one may uh, I'll, I'll fill in the blanks for you. Uh, but David right. writes, a pipe maker recently said they use golden mean calipers to calculate proper length for shank and stem and bowl height. Do you use any tools or just eyeball proper dimensions? So do you, uh, know, do you know what he's asking about?
1: I do. Ooh. I do. Well, I mean, he's referencing the golden ratio. I didn't realize yeah. there were calipers that uh, calculated this for you.
0: Yeah, so uh, in huh. in a uh, Zoom Pipe Club meeting on uh, the Virtual Pipe Club, Silver Gray, the, the lovely, talented, and wonderful part of the Brad Pullman-Silver Gray combo, yeah. uh, showed her golden mean calipers and went into a deep discussion on on how these work and okay. what the golden mean is. So that's what he's asking. Do you huh. ever use them?
1: No, I've never even seen them before.
0: So, so you just know how to, do you measure when you're making a pipe and going, okay, this must be a third, a third, a third. Never. I have never done that. So you just are naturally talented.
1: I I mean, what I have done is spent a lot of time studying pipes that originally before I knew a lot about pipes, pipes, uh, that other people whose judgment and experience I trusted pipes that they told me were good ones to study and also pipes that I was attracted to and tried to figure out what was right and what was wrong, why I liked it and why I liked it more than say another, uh, another similar shape from another maker. And after looking at hundreds or thousands of examples, you begin to focus in on what are proportions that um, that resonate with you. Um, this is not just not just looking at the ratio of the shank length to the mouthpiece length to the bowl height but it's more than that it's like the the thickness of of the shank relative to the other parts it is the uh the the height or width of the bowl uh relative to all of these other elements and there has to be there has to be some kind of balance in here um for the pipe to make sense it's and as you can tell as i'm struggling to talk about this over uh audio it's really hard to describe because it's um I, I I couldn't put my finger on what what specifically I'm looking for, but I can look at a pipe and say, at least as I see it, um, the proportions are right or wrong.
0: So I'm I, so as we're discussing this, I'm and I was I saw the uh, I saw what uh, what the what the golden mean calipers look like and what Silver was talking about. And then yet I pick up one of my favorite pipes, which happens to have been made by a very young Jay Allen, uh, back in, uh, oh eight, you know, back in, (laughs) man, way back then,
1: (laughs) I can see the pipe and I remember making it.
0: Yeah. And there is no third, third, third in this because it's a six and a half inch long, uh, long shanked, small billiard bowl where the, the stem Mm -hmm. is an inch and a half and the yeah. shank is... What is it, a lumberman? Uh, it's just a round shank, so whatever you call it, you made mm. it.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, I'd call it a lumberman.
0: Yeah, so this doesn't fit into that, but yet yeah. it's magically in proportion because as I took the stem off while we were talking to look at it, the stem is just a hair longer than the entire width of
1: the bowl. Okay. Uh, but I don't know that there's necessarily, necessarily a relationship... Uh, a, a design relationship between those things. At least not, there wasn't a conscious one as I was uh, uh, composing the pipe.
0: As you were sitting on the back porch with your jackknife whittling it out of wood.
1: Right. You know, you know um, I could show you on the, the cabinets in my workshop behind me, how I used to determine uh, proportions is I would hold a pipe bowl up to my cabinets, which are white, and I would take a pencil and I would start sketching on the cabinets behind me. And I would hold the pipe up to it and sketch a mouthpiece and play with different uh, with different lengths and different thicknesses and uh, playing around with the elements to visualize what I wanted the overall finished pipe to look like. And that was a really, really helpful exercise for me in being able to play with these elements without actually making the mouthpiece because there's nothing more discouraging for a pipe maker than finishing up a pipe and looking at it and going gosh that mouthpiece is a hair too short or that mouthpiece is a hair too long and then you have a then you have this this these mental gymnastics about whether or not you are willing to release and sell to someone a pipe that you think is right or uh, is wrong. Um, and that's that's really tough, especially when you're a younger pipe maker who really needs to sell that pipe. Um, so I found sketching there on a piece of paper um, uh, while holding up the pipe to be a, a really good exercise. Now I don't do that anymore. What I actually do is I just hold a set of calipers up to the end of the shank and use that to determine how long the mouthpiece will be, and I can visualize within that that space what it's going to look like, and then I just use the caliper measurement to cut my uh, rod stock. So
0: you don't have a set calculation of, say, the shank is two inches, therefore the stem must be uh, one and a third, or you know, one point. I'm looking at the. Uh, I while we were talking, I did the Wikipedia, and the golden ratio is one point six one. Uh, one point six one eight zero three three nine eight eight seven da 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 da. Right. No, nope. you, you just use your imagination.
1: I just use my imagination to fill in the blank. So for uh for those who are listening, I am holding up uh, the same pipe that I was talking to Brian about earlier, With the and pipe demonstrating mic. holding like the caliper measurement that I might take. And if I were to take what my measurement is, that I imagined was the right. Uh, length. I hold it up to the mouthpiece that I made at the end, and it is exactly the mouthpiece that I made.
0: So basically, what you're telling us is you are a robot.
1: Uh, no. I'm saying that it takes time to. It takes it. It takes study. It takes advice, um, and it takes time for you to determine what proportions. Look right and look wrong to you, and once you've dialed those elements in, and that's with a lot of feedback from, from customers, uh, from from dealers that you work with. It, it's it's from uh, you've got to be open to those critiques uh, from people, and also being willing to go back and and maybe cut a new mouthpiece or or to not sell a pipe, and to figure out what you did wrong about it to make another one to try to correct those problems, and then compare them and see. Um, if you like the, the second one better, what did you change and and why does it look better? Um, and if it's worse then critiquing that, have you
0: ever in the past decided that you need to cut the shank down?
1: Yep. Mm -hmm.
0: So you shorten up the shank a little bit and then redo the mortise hole and all that stuff and then put the same stem on it
1: sometimes put the same mouthpiece on it um, which you know th- it's more involved than it sounds because uh, you've got to of course make the mortise deeper which is its own challenge that is a really good way to ruin a nearly finished pipe <laughs> um, uh, a lot of times it's actually easier to start over and to make uh, to make another pipe from scratch
0: and then you um, have a, then you have another pipe for yourself
1: yeah so I, I think I think what I want to kind of hammer home here is that pipe making and design in general is a is an iterative process it takes time and multiple versions for you to really hone in on a refined version a a refined final product and once you've established a, a refined final product then you can analyze it to determine what makes it work and then you can take those uh, those right elements um, and try to apply them, or see how they can apply to other designs.
0: And now and they I, may,
1: and they may not.
0: And now I'm sure the minute we're done doing this, Jeff is going on Amazon and looking for golden mean calipers just to see what. <laughs> I just want to see what they look just like. Just to see what they look like, and add one <laughs> and put it on the wall they, back there.
1: Are they really gold?
0: Ooh, I don't know, but um, Jeff, thank you very much.
1: I'm happy to help. I'm not sure if it was helpful, but I'm happy to help.
0: (laughs) As Jeff is buying gold calipers, we'll be back in just a minute. This is Internet Radio. Have a look in your tobacco cellar. What do you see? Think of what you smoke, what you age, what you're drawn to in a blend that keeps you wanting more. That's your taste. And whether you know it or not, You've been leading that expedition since you first picked up a pipe just by smoking what you like and liking what you smoke but the funny thing about taste it changes and you need a wide selection to accommodate it we at smoking pipes know this and you know it too so whether you're searching for a tried and true favorite or a singular boutique mixture we're here to help you navigate the voyage of your evolving tastes. But you're still at the helm, smoking pipes in faithful service of the hobby. We are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show, finishing up seven questions for seven experts, part two with possibly the busiest man in the pipe and tobacco world. And it's not all pipe and tobacco related busy, but... (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes I wish it was. (laughs) Let's let's see. John David Cole, proprietor and owner of the Country Squire, which has moved recently and has now added an extended uh, office space for mail order, blending, secret recipes, uh, and stuff like that. So you can't go snooping around on the tobacco bar and find the secret recipes anymore. Uh, Plus let's see in the past couple of months you've done what moved houses and um had a baby I
2: had a baby uh survived a um uh, epic ice storm
0: yeah um, um, ice age re- three mississippi floats Renovated.
2: yeah exactly <laughs> renovated a shop i mean it's it's it really has been um traumatic and and dramatic it's uh it's something yeah. man but we're uh, we're hanging on by a thread, dude. We're hanging on, so everything's okay. We're just uh, we're just trucking.
0: <laughs> and managed to continue to co-host a podcast called uh, The Country Squire Radio, uh, which uh, just happened to celebrate your 400th episode. And coincidentally, are you ready for this? You are on the Pipes Magazine Radio Show's 450th episode. No way. Hey, yeah. Me, you saved that for me for me no you were so <laughs> tied up and busy that it accidentally worked that way so uh john david cole welcome back oh, to the great.
2: pipes magazine radio show well thanks for having me brother it's always good to chat with you and um man you know it's um it, it, it you have these friends and uh in your life that when you uh get around they just kind of help you drop your guard and you know <laughs> um get uh you know put all the all the cares of the world aside and you're you're one of those people man uh you know regardless of how much abuse i give you so uh man anyway i'm always always happy to be here man it feels like feels like home
0: well and i can and i can always happily put stuff on the top shelf for you without using a step stool (laughs) and sing you uh, and possibly sing you bob dylan songs See that's the thing. I you know I come
2: here. You, you really do just need to have thick skin. You need to know what you're getting yourself into, and and um and and you know occasionally you just want some abuse. And so um, you know and and, and I, again as I've said many times before, I'm, I'm from the South. I'm a child of the South, and so I, I I'm an expert at the art of shame and uh (laughs) bless your heart (laughs) and and i have to i have to tell you brian you got it
0: down man you got it down (laughs) southern you have assimilated (laughs) southern shame and jewish sarcasm are not too far apart (laughs) kissing cousins
2: right (laughs) yeah i I will say
0: that i do enjoy tuning into country squire radio on a weekly basis and and most you know most times i come away feeling better about myself because of all the of all the chaos in your life you know, I just feel oh thank, thank the Lord, it's not me, or I feel like a slacker because I really don't do half of what he, you do in one day. I don't even do that in a week, eh, dude, you're retired you're
2: you're on the back end of this thing, right? you know yeah. you've already done all your work, you know all the yeah. time at you're you know in the industry and everything you've you've done all the the heavy lifting, so um man, it's time to. It's time to kick back and you know go to Disney World and smoke your pipe and count all your money and all that kind of stuff. It's, well, uh, well um, and it, stop your, your, your it. Your Jody Davis pipes and you know everything else that you've got. It's uh you
0: know it's it's where you it's where you should be. Yeah, and, and stop looking at that pipe collection on the screen behind me because you're not inheriting any <laughs> of those because you named your son George, which is not very close to Brian. So I'm just I, saying. that's true. That yeah. is that is true.
2: Yeah. Well, you know um i there 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 could be another one so maybe the maybe the third
0: yeah all (laughs) right let's get this going before people think this is uh this is country squire radio and i know before they realize that like oh wait this is supposed to be a respectable podcast (laughs) yeah well no i'm the host so we know that's out the window yeah Uh, here is your first of the seven experts questions are you ready yeah bring them on man i'm excited if you could only sell her 100 tins, would you prefer to have a hundred tins of one blend, fifty tins of two blends, twenty-five tins of four blends, or ten tins each of ten blends? Um, I don't I don't
2: understand people that would <laughs> pick the first choice. Like I, I just don't have a I don't have a grid for that. I, I don't I, I don't it, that just doesn't make sense to me a hundred <laughs> tens of one blend so you're, you know you're i mean i i guess there's people out there that just every time they go to the restaurant they get the exact same thing yeah uh, i i mean i do that some you know but i mean dog man you know i i just I, I need a little more variety in my life so i th- i think anything uh, you know cho it was really between choice uh you know b and c for me which is uh 50 tens of two blends or 25. Uh, tins of four blends each and I I have to go that route I have to go with the with the 25 cans uh, of four different types you know varieties of spice of life and um you know different uh you know places and you know experiences you find yourself in you crave different types of tobacco and so I just you know um like to mix it up and I'm a Virginia smoker and you'll find that out quickly from the tins I'm about to tell you but there's certainly certain different times of um you know Tins that you want here and there, tobaccos you want here and there. So, um, and, and
0: now for your sake, it doesn't have to be tins. It can be something that you blend up there in the secret cave that's got the double padlocks and the uh, and the yeah. one foot iron thick door. I, but I, uh, I, what, what would those four <laughs> blends be that you would have? I did, I did take that. I did think about that, but I was like,
2: well, you know, we we want to do you know big name brand stuff that everybody's uh, you know recognizes and all that kind of thing. So I'll I'll play along. Um, even though, you know, half the time I do like to smoke my own uh, creations <laughs> and, and um, you know, evil recipes that are hiding behind <laughs> the, you know, one foot thick door and all that kind of stuff. But, um, man, you know, probably number one, I'd, I'd have to say uh H HH Pure Virginia. I love that tobacco and I have for mm-hmm. years and it's so weird. Um, it, it's not a super popular tobacco. It's one of those that um uh, mac baron probably at any given time is probably threatening to discontinue (laughs) because it doesn't sell that much of you know it's just one of those tobaccos that uh has just had my heart ever since i tried it and i think it uh it tastes uh just rich and buttery and uh lemony and it's it's just great and so I, i have to put that in there um also, I have to put in – you can tell I smoke a lot of Virginia's uh, or like golden sliced uh, tobacco. I, I have always loved it. I've, it's probably taken a second place now to me as far as uh, those go uh, to, to the pure Virginia. But uh, but I love Orlick. Smoke a bunch of those uh, tins as well. Keep um, an ungodly amount of those on hand. <laughs> um, number three, I'd probably say – and it, this, this may be kind of a surprise. I'd probably say um, – the old Dunhill and now Peterson nine, six, five. I, I feel like you've got to have some Latakia kind of around you at any given time, just as a pipe smoker to keep yourself honest. And, and, um, you, you know, to, uh, uh I, I don't know, it, it just display a certain amount of integrity <laughs> or, or, or
0: scare people away.
2: Or or terrify folks and and you know, run the children off and all that kind of stuff. It's like, honey, I really want some alone time. Smoke smoke latakia Um <laughs> yeah. Uh you know, Peterson nine six five, it's uh uh of course it, you know as a Mississippian it's uh one of Faulkner's uh favorite blends and so um you know I kind of had to smoke that out of um you know, honor of him at an early age and, and have always liked it. You know, I just don't smoke a ton of Latakia, but um, you know, it's, it's got uh, enough uh, Virginia uh, in there to, to um, uh, you know, keep me interested in the, in the blend. And so I like that. Um, Fourth, for the fourth 25 uh, tens, I, you know, if I had to pick a, uh, an existing blend that I, uh, you know, that is available right now. I would pick a uh, Mac Baron, uh, Scottish mixture, uh, you know, aromatic topped, uh, you know, with a, a variety of things, everything, but the kitchen sink, tons of different tobaccos going on in there, touches a lot of, uh, parts of my palate that I, you know, need to be, uh, scratches that need, it, itches that need to be scratched, <laughs> and and all that. Um, but uh, if it if if I could pick any tobacco, though, this is kind of interesting. I, I would go back uh, and and pick uh, McClellan tobacco called Virginia Woods. Uh, you, I'm sure you yeah. remember that tobacco. Yeah. Um Great, uh, rich. Uh, red Virginia's with a nice depth there a little uh, mystery topping on there that um, our friend Mike uh, you know would imbue into into that tobacco and it's just really um, really good tobacco has a nice depth to it that I really miss and and wish we could still get that um, around so so that's the four
0: now because you are you and uh, and you run what you run um, what would your four country squire blends be
2: Oh man, that's a great question. Yeah. Um,
0: Put you right on the spot, huh? Yeah, no, that's good.
2: That's good. I appreciate that. Um, yeah. So I, I feel like I'd have to say uh, Northwest Trek. Uh, I like Northwest Trek a lot. Um, nutty, but with the addition of a little a little Latakia. Um, Blue Ribbon is a great summertime blend. So I'd have to keep some of that around. It's a blackberry uh, flavor. Um, and then the two others would be bag end and green dragon, uh, bag end is a, a, Scottish style mixture. It has enough Latakia in there to, uh, keep it honest, but the orientals and, and, uh, brightly for kind of upfront and then, uh, green dragon, a more, uh, a richer, more mature Virginia, but, um, something that's, that's real tasty, nice and vinegary and, um, you know, makes the, uh, makes the room smell good. So
0: yeah and which one of those goes with your what is it old Forester number eight or whatever that cheap bourbon is yeah uh uh let's see what what's the name of that stuff uh old charter yeah Yeah. old (laughs) the rot
2: gut prison whiskey you know yeah 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 yeah. (laughs) Yeah, i know (laughs) all right pretty bad
0: now while everybody's catching their stomachs back that's a perfect place for us to take a break so we'll be back with john david cole in just a minute
1: Being at the forefront of craft tobacco production for over 20 years, we've been involved in some rather interesting projects at Cornell and Deal. From the Seller Series to the Small Batch Project, we're extremely proud of how far we've come. So moving forward, we wanted to take it back to basics, and that's what the Burley Flake series is all about. Burley is an underrated varietal, but there is a ton of nuance there. Using various condimental tobaccos to accentuate different aspects of the air-cured leaf, each blend in this series is intended to showcase different individual subtleties inherent to Burley. It's a simple concept, one that I think really speaks to the essence of what we do at C&D, as a crew of folks who just love tobacco. It's also really good. Cornell and Deal's Burley Flakes series, wherever fine tobaccos are sold,
0: back on the pipes magazine radio show visiting with uh, john david cole of the country squire online.com and uh, country squire radio and the country squire pipe and tobacco shop down there in the good old southern mississippi usa that's uh, it man thanks for having me yeah all right next question are you ready yep bring it what is the oldest tobacco you have smoked and how was your experience with it you know, this was a very memorable experience.
2: <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm sure a lot of folks that uh, have smoked really old tobacco, they uh, have memories around, uh, you know, that experience of of consuming it. But um, it, so a friend of mine met someone uh, in the in the pipe world. And so we all know, you know, Albert Einstein, one of the most famous uh, men in human history, certainly yeah. one of the most famous uh, pipe smokers in, in human history. And um, he was a revelation smoker. Right. And, um, you know, there, of course, uh, after uh, many years in Europe and then moving, uh, you know, around World War II to uh, the United States, working at Princeton, uh, you know, there in in New Jersey, he, um, you know, sourced his tobacco from local sources. And 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 when he died this, uh, I can't remember what year that was. That would have been in the 50s. Right. Um, When Einstein died, a this this man who is now the was the grandfather of uh, someone that a buddy of mine met in the pipe world. <laughs> it's like, you know, third cousin, three times removed. <laughs> so they say through the telephone or whatever, anyway. Um, it, but anyway, they went to that tobacconist and bought, bought a can of revelation in honor of Albert Einstein. Oh. And, and so that, that this individual died. And then the son, the, it, was passed down and then they inherited this can of revelation pipe tobacco from the 1950s that was bought at einstein's tobacconist there in new jersey all right so you following with me so a really a really old can of revelation from einstein's tobacco shop (laughs) (laughs) um and uh so we were all excited to try it man it was really cool and uh you know he was uh gifted a good portion of this and um And so we got a group together. We were like, we're going to make an event of this. And so we got together at the shop and uh, it was after hours. We kind of closed the door and a bunch of pipe smokers sitting in the back. We're going to have this really uh, kind of meaningful time. We're like, man, we're going to smoke really old uh, tobacco that was uh, procured at the same location that one of the most famous people in the world uh, got his tobacco. And, you know, it's just kind of this thing, you know, and so we all load our pipes up and uh, are, are anticipating this and and everyone strikes their match and is lighting their pipe and and and, and <laughs> tasting it and and uh, and and you know just kind of kind of looking at each other and and it, get, it gets real quiet and then uh <laughs> and and so <laughs> you know a, 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 about a minute into this I, I kind of look up and I, I think everyone else was afraid to speak and I was like does does anyone taste anything kind of like aluminum
0: (laughs) (laughs) all of a sudden everybody's (laughs) running for the old charter to clean out their mouth (laughs)
2: it's so bad man it tasted like a tin can that sat in someone's basement for 70 years (laughs) and uh because it was it because it did and uh man it was just really um it was really awful it it was it was truly truly awful it was one of those things (laughs) like i you know i envision um you know, after you eat a bunch of mercury or something, you just like go blind and then can't do math and can't see colors. And, you know, you, you just you, you it's like having a lobotomy or something, you know, and like I, this is this was the experience that we were kind of uh, afraid might happen after we realized, like,
0: I think we're just smoking like. aluminum or maybe lead i who knows (laughs) i i I just want to it was something i just want to interject right here please do not go out and eat a whole bunch of mercury or have a lobotomy to see what this experience feels like just please don't (laughs) yeah please don't (laughs) so if you did if you do you heard it from brian would it would it be uh, would it be safe to say that that was not a um Uh, pre pre pre-light it was a pretty good experience post-light yeah not the best well i think that
2: was the thing is we were all just so excited (laughs) about about trying it together you know as a a group of pipe smokers and um you know how pipe smokers are we love sharing things and we love collecting (laughs) things and you know these shared experiences and we're romantics at heart right so we eat that stuff up and uh man we all sat there we were everyone was just thoroughly disappointed and um and it just tasted uh so so bad and uh so you know it was fun though because looking back on it it's like well it's a memory we all shared and the the goal was accomplished is that we uh you know we smoked einstein's tobacco and um and and remember it and laugh about it and live to tell you about tell about it so anyway
0: and on that note we'll move on to the next question which will probably leave a better taste in everybody's mouth than um then uh what was that the mercury yeah yeah (laughs) Uh, (laughs) and lobotomies yeah Yeah, well i I don't know if a lobotomy has a taste but well um how has your preference in pipes changed over time for example bent versus straight large versus small smooth versus rusticated
2: yeah i'm still a straight pipe smoker I, i love a straight pipe they just they fit me well they um you know, smoke, uh, to me, uh, very dry. And, uh, I love the aesthetic. It just, it's just where my heart is. But, um, it, but I will say I I have taken a, a liking to more, uh, bent pipes of late, uh, it, it, almost from a utilitarian purpose. Uh, you know, they have, I have found them, maybe it's just with an age thing or a, uh, level of activity thing or something. I don't know, but I have found them just, just to be more comfortable. Uh, you know, if I'm driving or, Uh, Working around the shop, if I'm helping customers or blending pipe tobacco or, you know, doing whatever, sometimes it's just nice to have a bent pipe kind of, uh, you know, at the at the ready. And so, um, you know, it's more of a utilitarian thing, but, you know, but it's it's great. They they really do uh, a a severe bend on a pipe really is comfortable uh, to your mouth, although they, you know, they do smoke wetter. Um, And it's so it's just nice to have around um I, I still do i'm a sucker for a smooth pipe though. i love a smooth pipe i love to be able to <laughs> see the grain and um you know just tell about the uh you know kind of what's going on up underneath uh you know and i i don't know i mean people like the uh, rusticated and the texture of sandblasting sandblasting is beautiful i love uh high quality sandblasting but um but i you know i'm just i've always been a sucker for a for a smooth pipe, um, and uh, and you know a medium-sized bowl. I used to smoke uh, really, you know, kind of medium to small bowls, but now I'm uh, a little more more all over the map. I've I've allowed myself as I find time here and there to enjoy a large bowl pipe, uh, you know, particularly if it's after dinner, or, uh, you know uh, the, one of the few times I can actually sit around and enjoy myself for, uh, for more than, uh, more than five minutes. So. And try to stay awake
0: <laughs> through that bowl now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Not burn the house down. Yeah. Kid, kids are asleep. Dad's on the front porch and he's snoring. Next. Yep. <laughs> yeah. and, and this is one of the things I absolutely love about doing this series with you, seven experts that I've picked out is that you went from, you know, a consumer to part yeah. of the furniture hanging out in the store to working their part time to managing it to being dumb enough to actually buy it. And yeah, what an idiot. <laughs> yeah. So, so your experience with pipes has changed from, you know, now I've got to be aware of what I'm doing. And I might, yeah. you know, the only time I might be able to get to smoke a pipe is while I'm going over the paperwork at the end of the night. Uh, you know, that's right. right. I really don't need that pipe sticking straight out over the paperwork. So,
2: yeah, it, 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 it does. It changes your perspective for everyone out there. Who's, who's listening um, to your show. You know, I, there's so many people that think like, Oh, that's such a cool job. And it is look, why I've got a great job. Like I, you know, I run a, a historic tobacconist and I get to play with pipe tobacco all day and deal with some of the most interesting people on earth and um, come here and take abuse from you. I mean, it's just, it's yeah. great what I do, but, um, but it really does change the flavor of your passion. Um, you know, when you, when you work in the, in the industry, right. When you're around it all day and you gotta, um, you know, your, your consumption of it and your passion of it has to translate into paying your bills and your staff and rent and, and everything else. And so it's, um, it, it does, it changes the, the flavor of it. And so, um, yeah, I think that has changed, uh, some over time, um, and, and had its own effect on me as I've, uh, forced myself to try different tobaccos and, um, you know, pipes, uh, just to become familiar with them, uh, you know, things, things, uh, change and you get, um, kind of taken down the road to, you know, wherever it leads. So it's, it's, um, it's
0: been a fun journey. When I was working full-time in the, in the industry, you know, the Disney addiction was my escape from the pipe and tobacco world. Yeah. Yeah, And now that I'm working part time at the Disney store, the pipe and tobacco (laughs) world is my escape from what I call social Darwinism, which is the people that walk the mall. (laughs) Um, And I don't want to argue, you know, creation versus evolution, but mm, there's a few chromosomes short out there walking the mall sometimes. (laughs) I'm just saying out loud, um, (laughs) but something got created somehow. Uh, right. But you're right. I'm not going to argue with anything you just said. <laughs> <laughs> no. And I, and I can tell you as somebody who was in the business full time and, you know, 50 hours a week, 60 hours a week, sometimes trade yeah. show weeks, you know, I just, I, you know, it, it's hard to turn off that work brain when yeah. you get back home and you want to sit back and relax with a pipe and it's like, yeah, now I'm taste testing this. Did I do that right? Does this right? Exactly. What do you think about this? You know, turn. Yeah. So. I know, and you, you go
2: through your cellar and it's like, well, you know, I really should smoke this because I, uh, you know, I, I need to know kind of, uh, you know, someone gifted me this tin and maybe I need to, um, you know uh, – kind of feel obligated to try Mm -hmm. something or uh you know this is something that a lot of other people are trying right now and i haven't smoked it yet i need to try that but no dog on it you're at home you're hanging out with your you know your wife and your dog and you just got the kids down and you poured your favorite glass of bourbon and it's like smoke what you want to smoke don't think about all that other stuff
0: (laughs) yeah that's why i tell people the only time i ever smoke latakia is when i'm on payroll
2: yeah Yeah, no i know that's
0: that's it man yeah yeah. you know at I, I agree yeah or captain black grape uh yeah, exactly uh, all right next next question because we could just talk for hours oh uh, yeah we're people are already tuning out yeah well that's okay i'm having fun um uh, <laughs> what is the pipe you own that has the most sentimental value not mm. monetary and why and for you it can be a couple of them because i think i know of a few that you have that are sentimental to you
2: yeah there are a couple and I, i've mentioned the the pipe that's most obvious to my mind that I don't have to think about, uh, is a, a pipe that I've, uh, has been super special to me for a long time. So that's a, a lane era Sheraton that belonged to, uh, the founder of our shop. He yeah. was a man named Jim Reeves who died in the early 1980s. And, um, his wife, uh, ran the business after he uh, passed away the country squire in Jackson. She ran it for another, uh, 30 been 40 years, 30, 30, 31 years, something like that. It's Um, Mississippi and
0: math. Don't worry about it.
2: Yeah. We did, you know, it's oil and water, Mississippi, math. we don't mix too well. Um, And so uh, yeah, Mrs. Reeves uh, died and uh, they were, um, you know, kind of cleaning some of her stuff out and the family gave me one of his favorite pipes that she had kind of kept and, and all that. And it was this, uh, this ancient uh, Sheraton that we've, we've dated. It's somewhere around the early sixties, we think is kind of the, kind of the age of this pipe, but it's just a beautiful piece. It's one of those big executive pipes with just, um, you know, almost pristine grain. And it's, you know, those, those weird 1960s Sheraton shapes that were just like, you know, well, it's a Dublin, but it's kind of a funky Dublin. And it's got these (laughs) angles on it that, you know, someone only in the sixties or seventies would think is attractive. And (laughs) (laughs) it's just a, it's just a fun, big pipe from someone that wanted to be showy in the 1960s, you know, and I just love it. It's just a, a great smoking pipe. And, um, our shop was a Sheraton shop. We, we sold a lot of Sheratons and, uh, that brand has just always kind of been special to me, and so uh, I collect them. You know, I have a whole, whole pile of Sheratons at home, and um, and so that's uh, that's a special pipe. Um, I, I since then have uh, gotten. A, I have a pipe in honor of my daughter um, when she was born. I selected a Syriacopo, uh for her, and uh, that's kind of a pipe that I smoke. Uh, you know, in, when I'm thinking about her, it's kind of you know when I'm smoking that pipe. That time is kind of dedicated towards uh, towards my daughter there. And I'll, I'll in the near future, pick one out for my son, uh, as well. I haven't done that yet, but, um, and I'll, I'll mention one other pipe. I've got a, um, a Savinelli. It's one of those old Estella pipes. that has got the kind of craggy look to it that they hadn't made in quite a while. It's a really pretty pipe and it's, you know, probably from the early eighties or something, but, um, and and the, the reason it's special to me is a friend, who I'm no longer friends with gave that pipe to me and kind of an interesting story. You know, that, that friend was, uh, one of my best friends and I had to, um, you know, occasionally things come in, up in life that, uh, you know, you know, happen where you have to draw some boundaries with people or people you love yeah. or whatever. And so, uh, had to, you know, kind of, um, draw some specific boundaries with uh with this you know individual and uh he you know decided to kind of kind of walk out of our you know my life and our friendship and all that kind of stuff is really really painful um and so he gave me that pipe though before you know when uh you know we were um connected and it's just that pipe has always been a great smoker but i i miss this individual i miss this friend and um he was uh was and is very meaningful uh, to me and um and so i i smoke that pipe and i think of i think of him and um the times we had and and hope um you know maybe we uh can reconcile one day so well, um, and, yeah
0: and as, as a as a licensed minister now i can i can tell well, you. you you are right that's yes. true yes i am um i even have the little badge somewhere uh yeah, uh, you know, I I can tell you that uh, you know this this life that we're on is a highway, and sometimes people in our lives take off ramps, and we you know we wish them safe travels, and hopefully right. they'll you know hopefully our highways will merge back together again somewhere down the road. That's right. Uh, that's if not, right. you know we think fondly of those uh, of those times on the road together.
2: That's that's the idea, man. So yeah. you just do the best you can, and uh, you know hope when you go to sleep at night that um, you know you left it all on the playing field and uh did the best you
0: could and um yeah, yeah. Work I know you stay humble and trust god you are you were expecting some cranky wise ass remark from me but you didn't get one so haha okay. yeah. I, I he, as you're, he's showing me his clergy badge here on the yeah. uh on our
2: video feed yeah i yeah. i just you know any church that would have you brian um th- Kudos
0: to them, man. I mean, they,
2: they, they're, they're, they're really, they're really putting themselves out there.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. On with the next question. Um, how does situation affect your pipe and tobacco choice, you know, outdoor versus indoor morning, evening time of the year for you, especially does that, yeah? does that affect your choice? And yeah, it, and, th- it, and these are when you're smoking for your choice, not because you're smoking to taste test what you just did or learn what's new on the market and all that baloney. Yeah,
2: all, all all that kind of stuff. Yeah, no, I I, I will say on average, you know, um, either hanging out during the day or working during the day, I'm going to be a Virginia or an aromatic guy. I just I can't enjoy English blends unless I have a full belly and I'm and I'm sitting there very relaxed where I can just focus on the nuances of it and it it, it it is more like work to me but I really do enjoy you know more more robust blends when I've got a, a full stomach you know late at night maybe a, a, a stiff drink or something like that um, and so the you know nighttime after a big meal uh, sitting down that's you know that that is more likely to be a an English style blend even though it can also include uh, other other uh, you know Virginias and aromatics but But during the day, uh, indoor, outdoor, you know, running around on the go in a chair, (laughs) um, you know, I I, changing diapers. Yeah. Changing diapers. Right. (laughs) Um, Man, if I smoked a pipe over my daughter's changing table and um, my my wife would uh, have a cow. Uh, (laughs) Bo would be looking Um,
0: for a new (laughs) co-host.
2: Yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, Yeah. You know, it it, uh, it, I, I go back and forth, I think, between. Uh, you know Virginia's and aromatics but I, I do tend more towards the um, the virginia um, kind of kind of stable of tobaccos there I, I i do think that the weather plays a lot in it uh, in the real heat of summer uh, a nice uh, kind of fruity aromatic tobacco can be really refreshing to me um, and so i'll i'll go with that uh, indoor and outdoor that doesn't really make a difference to me i, I don't i just don't really you know, part of this is working in a, um, tobacconist, you know, brick and mortar shop yeah. every day. I'm going to smell like an ashtray regardless. Everything <laughs> around me is, going <laughs> yeah. everything around me is going to smell like smoke. It's, you know, we're going to have this pleasant pipe smell in there and then the cigar guy is going to walk in and it's going to smell like death. And, you know, I mean, it's yeah. just, it, everything is, um, it, it's just a, a whirlwind of, of smell all day long. And so, Um, you know, I, I just don't really think about indoor, outdoor room note as much. I, I smoke kind of what I want to, um, unless, you know, I'm in a really confined space and it's, uh, me and my wife or something. And I'm like, well, I better, I better pull out, you know uh insert aromatic blend here uh and uh, <laughs> yeah, i want to keep
0: i want to keep her
2: close for a little <laughs> bit at
0: least please I,
2: know. I, I still want this person i've run off some friends i still want this person to be my friend yeah. so well let's you know maybe i'll uh, i don't know pot some aaron moore or something like that
0: <laughs> yeah all right final question what famous pipe smoker from the past would you like to share a bowl with and it must be someone you never met yeah. Good question.
2: Um, so it would, it would, it would be C.S. Lewis. It would be C.S. Lewis. It would be. Um, he's was such an interesting person. He obviously was one of the best writers of the 20th century. We share a lot of, um, similar worldviews. And I take a lot of, uh, uh, kind of, um, cues from him as far as communication and, uh, the way I like to, Uh, you know, talk about important things in my life and things like that. So I I just I love Lewis and he was uh, was it was and is uh, dear to me and would love to meet him and and all that. Uh, A a second it like a like a option B would be Tom Crean, Who? who Tom Crean, who was an Irish polar explorer. Are you familiar with him? Have you read his book? Have Uh. you read that? There's there's a great book out about this guy, and I I just was browsing, um, Amazon or something, uh, not too long ago, and found this this uh, you know picture of this. It was a book. It had this kind of scruffy looking guy on the front of it smoking a pipe, and it was this book on Tom Crean, and he was a uh, a, a, explorer, uh, or, or part of, a he was one of the worker bees that worked for the famous explorers of the great, uh, great British age of, of, uh, Arctic exploration. And so, you know, they, back in the, you know, around 1900, they were sending these, uh, Royal expeditions down to the South pole to, uh, try to be the first person to get there and all this kind of stuff. And, and, yeah. and Tom was a, just a Irish guy. He was in the Royal Navy and, um, happened to you know by pure accident had stumbled upon uh one of these expeditions and was hired on and became a very integral part of um you know of that of that whole experience and so uh just listening reading it was just bone chilling i mean it was it was amazing to to read about some of these expeditions they went on um there in the antarctic but um you know just fascinating and, and, and everything I read about him and subsequent research I did around him and some of those, uh, um, you know, events that happened in his life, um, Ernest Shackleton and, you know, the race with the, uh, the Norwegians trying to be the, you know, yeah. first people down there and all this kind of stuff is so fascinating to me. And so um, I'd, I'd love to, I'd love to have a bowl with Tom Crean. I really would. And see what a, um, you know, what the, what the Irish version of a redneck, who is hanging out with all these fancy, you know, English people trying to make it th- to be the first person to to the South
0: Pole. Like what what was that like, you know? Um I I'd, I'd, I'd really like to really like to see that. Yeah. And now I can tell you a couple things. One, redneck is not geographically specific to the southeast United States. There are rednecks yeah. all around the world. Uh and uh, and two a couple of year, a couple of years ago when we were in Norway we went to the uh, the Amundsen Museum where his ship was and he was part of all yeah. that stuff and in the captain's quarters, and I couldn't reach it because I tried. Uh, there was a <laughs> tin of three nuns pipe tobacco sitting on his desk, and I was. Is like, that
2: right? Yeah. yeah. And if that tin go.
0: was full, boy, i I'm telling you, now Norwegian jails <laughs> I hear are nice. I didn't want to find out, but. Right, than, right. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, all right. We will uh, we will wrap this up with the final question for you. And based off of the fact that you have a business that you run and two small kids, this is kind of silly, but uh, what are other hobbies you have <laughs> yeah. Be- besides you know, I, besides I know. scamming Amazon while feeding your children at night? <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. I, you know. I don't know, man. I, people ask me this and I you, I really
2: feel guilty because I don't have any hobby. I mean, I, my wife, my wife and I drink a lot of, of wine. We really, we we're into wine. We like that. So we study that some, and we, you know, like to try different bottles and, you know, compare notes and take notes and all that kind of stuff. So that's, that's kind of fun, but you know, that's more or less just, you know, self-medication. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. You know, uh, occasionally when I have time, I like to work in the yard and, uh, do some gardening i have a, a more of landscaping gardening not really like vegetable gardening but i like uh um you know different uh plant varietals that are native to here and kind of uh you know landscaping and that that's that's fun to me and just maintaining our yard and um and all that but um yeah i'd i'd have to say that's about it i don't uh, i don't do any woodworking i'm not into any sports <laughs> horseback riding. I, I don't, I, you know, we don't travel. I, you know, I, I smoke a pipe. I hang out with interesting people. Um, I, uh, I podcast and, um, and uh, read books and I, about I, scruffy Irishmen read books about Irish rednecks and, uh, go
0: into the South pole. And yeah, I mean, that's, uh, that's, that's about it. (laughs) (laughs) And and I got one final question for you because you, you've got the typical higher pitch Southern voice. Uh, Bo's got a little bit lower voice, but when you all start laughing, you go in opposite directions. Your laugh gets lower and his gets to the point where the dogs in the neighborhood are screaming. (laughs) Can can you explain that one?
2: I can't, there's a a lot about Bo and I that I can't explain. Um, And uh, yeah, no, I I really, I I got, I got nothing there for you. I, you know, um, I I'd like to think I was relatively well-educated and (laughs) um, you know, and can, you know, put a couple of uh, decent sentences together here and there. But uh, you know, honestly, I, I sound like I just fell off the turnip truck.
0: So. (laughs) (laughs) Well, John David Cole of the Country Squire, Country Squire Radio. Thank you very much for coming on. It's always fun hanging out with you. I can't wait Me to too, get back man. down to Jackson and I don't know, just you know, just hang out and see the new shop and you know, and just hang out. So
2: yeah, man, I'd like that too. I've missed seeing your brother this past year with all the uh, you know pandemic events has been hard and it's separated a lot of us pipe smokers, but. Um, man, we, the end is, uh, the end is near we think, and we'll be able to get back together hopefully, uh, soon, although it might look a little different, but, uh, look forward to sharing a pipe and probably
0: a beer and hugging your neck, man. Me too. Thanks for coming on. All right, brother. See ya. We'll be back in just a minute.
1: A Savinelli pipe is a testament to a long legacy fortified by well-worn hands and destined to be enjoyed for generations. For over 150 years, Savinelli has been dedicated to sourcing the world's finest briar, committed to pushing the boundaries of pipe design, and devoted to the tradition of Italian pipe making. Savinelli is more than a mark. They're a way to help you make your mark. And like you, there can only be one Savinelli. This is Internet Radio
0: and we are back on the pipes magazine radio show always always fun hanging out and getting a chance to catch up with uh, john david uh do uh, go country dot is the store's website check it out and uh if you're in the jackson mississippi area stop by and see the store i can't wait to get there and see the new one all right for music I found one, and this one is uh, Donald Duck Dunn, pipe smoker, playing with Albert King, pipe smoker, and this one is uh, called Crosscut Saw. Duck Dunn on bass, and Albert King on guitar and lead vocals. How's that for two smoking guys? Master, I have mail for you. And mailbag comments or questions, you can email them directly to me, brian at pipesmagazine.com. Follow me on Facebook and the Instagram, and, and you know how to post them on the Pipes Magazine radio show page as well, and that's a great way to get them to me. Uh, Nathan wrote, uh, "No apologies for playing conic He's one of the few wonderfully natural, talent, naturally talented musical artists remaining. So glad somebody out there." And then uh, he gave some suggestions for some future music, which I'll uh, I'll listen to. One of them's Dave Brubeck. Wish Dave smoked a pipe. Uh, then he says, "Thanks for the shows, Nathan. So thank you for the music suggestions." Uh, Brian writes from, uh, Newcastle, New South Wales, that's in Australia, that's the way you say it, Australia, uh, I'm a newish pipe smoker of about 10 months, I've been constantly listening to the Pipes Magazine podcast and have to point out what a legend you are, mate, I listen to the latest episodes as they come out while catching up on the early ones in between, he's doing it right, and I also want you to know that he spells his Brian the correct way with an I, uh... You've given me years of learning and less than a year of pipe smoking, so thank you. Also, never stop being you. In my humble opinion, the best part of the podcast isn't the untold wealth of information with amazing guests. It's you being straight up about your opinion. Please keep it up. I promise it's very appreciated, mate. Well, thank you, Brian. I appreciate it. And um, I can't be anybody else at this point. Uh, it's a little, too, a little too late for me to change. Um And going back to last week's show with uh, Fred Hanna, Dino writes, It's always fun to share time with my good friend Fred Hanna. He is complex, intelligent, funny, and also sometimes utterly FOS. I'm not sure what the FOS means, um, but uh, FOS. Uh, But his detailed explanations of the questions were quite informative and diverting. With reference to his answer for number seven, I would love to be in earshot of Fred and Husserl sharing a bowl and discussing phenomenology as it relates to straight-grained pipes. Uh, Then Dino says, Harry Connick Jr. is such a music talent that I continually enjoy your choices of his recordings. Another always entertaining show. Thanks, Dino. Dino, you're welcome. And Dino hangs out on the uh, on the Zoom that I'm part of with uh, with Fred, so I I think they might have explained FOS to each other. Might have to do something with uh, needing a little more roughage in his diet. Uh, Casey Ghost writes, "This was a very entertaining show. The Rattray's review is very informative. I don't care for straight Virginias, and this one sure seemed like it would be a problem for my palate." Your interview with Fred Hanna was everything that most listeners are hoping to get when we listen to the experts. It was informative, exciting, irreverent, and a joy to listen to. Hanna's insights on tobacco and pipes was truly special. Uh, Harry Connick Jr.'s take on Over in the Glory Land wasn't anywhere near the best I've heard, but it was still enjoyable. There we go. Uh, and then Matt Gus says, Markovich, surprised Fred is the best. Yeah. Yeah, before Fred Hanna started talking about Markovich, nobody knew where it was, what it was, who it was, and then he found a whole bunch of it, and then he got enough for himself, and then he started talking about it. So, thanks, Fred. Uh, Trout Time says, always love Fred's comments and insights. This is a great series. Interesting how similar the panel's comments are. Good job. Yeah, I was a little surprised on how similar some of the comments were. And then lastly, Mike Stanley says, Dr. Hannah made me feel better today when I listened to the podcast. I usually listen while I cut the lawn in the summertime. Anyway, I was beginning to think I was crazy for my love of the original issue of McClellan, The Sophisticate. In my mind, it was a Hall of Fame, Virginia, simply incredible. The only thing I can think of that has ever been better was a one-year Virginia flake by the same blender Nutcracker flake uh, never felt the same about the two reissues not even close but nobody ever mentions it I feel better because I know I'm not crazy yeah I, you know sometimes a certain batch is just a certain batch and it's magical um, all right thank and uh, let me say before we uh, before we get on to the rant uh, thank you very much to everybody that you uh, that volunteered for the novice pipe smokers i've recorded with a lot of you already and i uh, got a few got a got more to come so thank you very much and uh, we'll sprinkle these in as they as they go over the over the next month so we won't do them back to back uh also jdrf auction items and the jdrf auction there has been a slight delay and it's because uh, paypal went on a bit of a jihad and that's kind of. Uh, Steve Fallon, poor guy, is having to jump through some hoops to get them satisfied. So as soon as I get, uh, as soon as I get back from this trip, I'll re- regroup with Steve. Uh, if anybody has anything they still want to donate, reach out to me, Brian at PipesMagazine.com. All right, rant time is next.
1: There's nothing quite like a good book. Or my genuine Missouri Meerschaum cob pipe. An American legend since 1869. It's the coolest, smoothest pipe I've ever owned. See for yourself at corncobpipe.com.
0: get outside smoke your pipe in public be seen as a pipe smoker and uh, you know what happens when you do that most of the time if somebody makes a comment it's oh look at that a pipe smoker wow i haven't seen a pipe smoker in a long time or you remind me of my dead relative or whatever the story is well here's my idea all right are you ready for this when you go to las vegas and you walk up and down the las vegas strip there's all kinds of different people dressed up some as bad-looking versions of cartoon characters uh, two girls dressed up as showgirls there's a guy walking around with a snake um, half-naked topless cowboys you know all they're doing is they are working for tips and taking pictures with tourists going by so here's my idea I get dressed up in a suit bring a pipe my glasses a hat and I stand out on the strip and offer pictures with a real live living pipe smoker and stand there and smoke my pipe. Yeah, how's that? What do you think? Do you think I'd make any money? Do you think anybody would stop and want to get a picture taken with an actual living pipe smoker? And, uh, you know, maybe give me a few bucks for the trip. I don't know what the licensing requirements are to do this. I don't know if those people have to have any permits or anything, but, You know i wonder how many people would want a picture with a real live pipe smoker uh maybe i'd carry some missouri Meershams with me so that they could pose holding a pipe you know or something like that uh but i thought you know real live pipe smoker yeah you haven't seen one in a while well here take a picture with one give me five ten bucks for the trouble and i'll stand out there smoke my pipe in the heat you know jump inside and get something to drink every once in a while but uh wouldn't that be better than taking a picture with a snake or a half-naked cowboy or a very bad Pikachu or a Mickey Mouse that looks like he just got out of the methadone clinic? Anyway, there's my idea. I think it. I think it'd be a good one. Uh, I'd be interested to see if I made any money doing it. But anyway, um, thank you again to Mike Zika for helping out on the uh, questions on the seven questions for the seven experts. I hope you enjoyed the series. Uh, We'll go back, uh, I think next week we've got one of the novices and then we'll start rotating them in and out in between all the regular types of guests that we have. Thank you to Jeff for joining me. Thank you all for tuning in and until next time Happy trails to you, until we meet again. Happy trails to you, Keep it authentic frontier gibberish it expressed a courage little
2: seen in this day and age